Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to The Greatest Show on Earth. It's Wednesday. We're helping you get through your midweek slump. Once again, it is talking terror time. Tonight, we are going to be bringing you the ruckus with the ghoul geek Keith's pick, Wishmaster, from 1997 and directed by Robert Kurtzman. So, what's your wish? I know we talked about it last week, about what our make-a-wish would be. Hopefully, we have some answers. I know it's a tough one, so we're going to get you through it. But first, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the ghoul geek Keith. Hello, 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 hello. How are y'all doing today? I know I am doing great. How are you doing, Ghoul? Uh, fantastical as always, my friend. Fantastical as always. And I'm always so happy to hear that. And we're also joined by the Mad Monkey. He's fresh out of tapioca, kicking his cage. I think he's ready to make a wish or two. Mm-hmm. Monkey. Hello, my lovelies. This is Talking Terror's very own Satanic Simeon broadcasting to you live, as always, from the drunken world. Would you wish upon a monkey? (laughs) Make sure he is full of funky. (laughs) (laughs) But it's another fun filled episode, and I'm looking forward to spending my time with you, my lovely, lovely co host. Excellent. Excellent to hear from you again, Monkey. And as always, once again, the doctor is in. Hello, Dave. Like Wendy Williams. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Beijing demonic Hello? Dr. Dave. He is Hello. here. There he is. There's that uh, harmonious voice. Hello, doctor. Sorry, I was, having, I was having a technical issue that I solved. Problem solved. That's how we like to do it around here. Solving problems. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Always glad to have you back, especially for this wish-filled episode of Talking Terror. It's going to be a fun one. I'm so excited. (laughs) Let's see how we feel when we get into the movie. Uh, Can hardly get came with And, yeah, I do want to cover the uh, the Make-A-Wish that we talked about last week. I know I still kind of mulled over my head as we went on air tonight as to what my wish would be. I think I have it. Uh, a realistic one, not one where it's like I want to go back in time and kick Hitler in the nuts, even though that would be fucking awesome. you got to keep it realistic. Uh, but, yeah, later on we'll be talking about that. Uh, but how have you been, Doc, since we last spoke? I mean, I've been fine. I am finally uh, back most of the way to help, as I've been sick for, like, two weeks Maybe longer with just a nonstop cold and AIDS and pink eye. Oh, and pink eye. This is what happens when and this is what and happens when eye. you watch Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, you end up catching it. <laughs> <laughs> you got hit on hey all cylinders. Hey yo. Um. Yeah. Glad that you're on the mend. You sound a lot better. So glad that you're here and in yeah. much better spirits and much better health. Much better, um, all of those things. So, 
as we always do when we kick off the show, we do our horror business, horror talk, whatever you want to call it. But I want to kind of do something where I want to bring up something to you guys, because I know I posted it the other day on the Talking Terror page. Kind of a, a soapbox rant, if you will, about everybody's favorite digital site, Instagram, where apparently oh. the hot button issue this week was hashtag horror, where if you type in hashtag horror onto Instagram, you would be led to a can we help message asking if you need any help, if you're having difficult times in your life, because horror can lead to self-harm and even death. It's not like the Momo Challenge, where it's a hoax, and everybody just got up in arms about a challenge that was a hoax. This is actually a real thing that was verified, uh, that Instagram is doing this. They're not censoring the word horror. You can still proceed, but they will ask you if you need help. So that's what I wanted to kick off the show with, because I think it's something that we need to talk about. I think it's, once again, the kind of putting people that love horror into a box and making it seem like we're troubled people that like the genre so much. So I don't know who wants to give their thoughts first, but I wanted to kick that off tonight. We're not cool. troubled people. <laughs> I'll kick this one off. All right. You do it, doctor. You take this fucking thing right now. Take that shit and knock it out the park. You own it. Because... I'm a fairly regular user of Instagram, not only for the show, but I have two other accounts. <laughs> and, and, and I use Instagram all the time. And I kind of think that uh, I haven't done much extensive looking into what this is all about. Uh, I have not looked into if this is covering other hashtags aside from horror. Um I don't know if it's hashtag horror that they are looking at people that are into the horror genre. I don't know where it came from, why it happened, what the thought processes were behind it, nor did I look to see if I could find those things. Um, I think that uh, this is, for the most part, um, a non-issue. Uh, it's like a little I, – I, I did it, and I proceeded, and I put in the hashtag on one of our posts, and – uh, yeah, a little box pops up on the screen and says, uh, if you need any kind of help, click here. If not, click here. And you click there, and then you go right on to what you wanted to see. Um, maybe I should look into whether or not this is surrounding any other hashtags. Like if you put in hashtag suicide or hashtag cutting or hashtag self-harm, I really don't know. I didn't do any looking to see if that's the case, but I, I really think that this is uh, – not that big a deal, and I think that it was all the talk like a day or two ago, and uh, I saw people talking about it on Instagram, and I think that I don't even know if it's still happening, but people seem to have moved on immediately. I don't think I didn't see any any talk about this on like Facebook or anywhere else or in the news. Uh, I kind of think this is kind of a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm kind of on the same boat with that. I mean, listen, it's like my. Um, my OSHA teacher said when I was in uh, electrical training and stuff like that, the fact of the matter is if there's any kind of rule or regulation or code put in place, chances are it's not so much that it's a safety issue as much as it's a lawsuit issue. Somebody sued somebody over something, and therefore now a rule or something is in place. You know, It makes somebody liable, so they've got to change things around. It's very well possible somebody put something in as a cry for help, and because it was listed the way it was listed, it 
you know, made the company liable for not fucking making it safety. For all we know, no lawsuit happened, and it's just a lawyer who thought about it, you know, for that minute and was like, hey, you know what, man, since we're, we're trying to be so safe and proactive with everything, let's just do this. Um, that's kind of the world we live in right now, you know, and there's, there's unfortunately nothing that you, you can or do or say anything about because – you know, it's not censorship. They're not keeping you from from doing things, but they are trying to, you know, to to the best of their ability, avoid situations like what we've seen with like Robin Williams and you know Anthony Bourdain and stuff like that, where these people seemed like normal, functioning, everyday people, yet they they hid behind a mask of sadness that you know nobody else got to really see. Right. Yeah, it's a good point that you bring up, uh, Monkey. What do you think about hashtag horror? Um, me personally, I'm of the view where I think we got to take off the safety rails, take down the guardrails, um, stop babysitting everybody, and let nature take its course. It's like we need to stop being so preventative of people, <laughs> let Darwinism do what it's supposed to do, <laughs> then the herd of pe- people that, you know, just don't have the common sense. And if you actually are... in you know, in need of help. You know, you can reach out. There are people that go out there and reach out and get help from. If you are actually in a position where you're doing harm to yourself, you know, and uh, endangering yourself, you know, there's hotlines out there for that help. But but I just don't think it's really Instagram's place to sit there and come in and just, you know, pick a kind of random hashtag, if you will, especially like the doc has said, over ones that would be more, you know, understandable, like, you know, suicide, you know, self-cutting, you know, uh, self-harm, you know, but not just something as bland and as generic as hashtag horror. Yeah, and that's that's what it comes down to. And that's, uh, like I said, I agreed with what the doc had said, where for a day it seemed like it was a really big hot-button kind of issue, uh, I did see today a couple people posting on Instagram, not on Instagram, on Facebook rather, about hashtag horror and how it's kind of setting the horror community back a little bit because, uh, you know, if you put in hashtag horror, what does that really mean? You know, maybe you want to look at zombies. Maybe you want to look at slashers, uh, classic movie posters. Uh, you're not entering in self-harm. You're not entering in torture, death, cutting. It, it, it's uh, horror. If I could, you know, I mean, besides using Instagram to post, you know, whatever images and stuff like that, that, that we post on there. Uh, I, for the most part, don't actually use Instagram. Otherwise, um, what is the like purpose of the hashtags? Uh, I guess, like I had said, to find like things that you're interested in, uh, like I said, hashtag horror. So you're going to come up with a bunch of horror posts from people that are into the industry, you know, whether it's like our page where we post just images of the movies that we're going to be talking about or just fun things that we find along the way uh, that are horror-related. I think that's what it's for, uh, kind of like a search engine like Google. Yeah. You know, like if you're going yeah. on the Google and you type in horror movies, you're going to see what time yeah, pops it, up. It's, for, it's, uh, kind of, it's kind of like putting little bits of bait out there for people that are looking for things specifically. So when we go and put up our – one of our posts from our weekly episode and we use our hashtags. And if we happen to be talking about um, Spider-Man, I'll sit there and put hashtag Spider-Man, hashtag Marvel, you know, and people that are trying to find new stories about Marvel will sit there and do, you know, hashtag Marvel and it will populate lists for them to see of things that are mentioning that subject. 
And that's what right. hashtags do. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's their whole purpose. Um, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's going to be another one of these things where it's going to be a hot thing to talk about for about a week, if so. And then it's going to disappear again. I don't know, like the goal said, I don't know what they were thinking over at Instagram. Maybe if it was a lawyer, maybe it was somebody that said, well, maybe we should be a little bit more conscientious of what we're putting on this page, um, you know, and put it out there that hashtag horror needs to be flagged but not censored. So if you're typing it in there, if you need help, it's out there. But if you really don't need help, go ahead. Go, you know, all for it. Go ahead and look at the horror stuff that we have on Instagram. You know, it's, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. But it is, once again, as, as a horror community, it does feel like you're being targeted, uh, targeted again. You know, for, for liking a genre that a lot of people that are very normal, level-headed people enjoy. Mm, but, stop but being also, so sensitive. Right. Trigger happy people. But, yeah, but, but, oh, but no, also, I mean you. They're targeting <laughs> us. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, come on, man. Like, really? No, well, but they're targeting you, do, you really, do you really feel targeted at the moment? Do you really feel censored at the moment? Did it really stop or affect you in any way other than the fact that you saw a bunch of people post about it on Facebook and whatnot? No, I was angry about it when it happened. I was kind of angry. That's why I posted it on the uh, Talking Terror page. I was my question angry. is, why were you angry? Because I feel like this is a non-plus issue. I feel like hashtag horror shouldn't be an issue with Instagram. I think you should be able to look up whatever the fuck you want to look up. Why is horror being uh, relegated? You know, why is that message popping up and says, do you need help? Like, I don't think it's necessary. I think it's just somebody being triggered way too soon. And then in turn triggers me because I think it's wrong to, to do that. I think They're it's all just, a bunch of fucking is, triggers. <laughs> it's, really, it is. I mean, I admit it. It's just, it, it just it felt like it was stupid. I just felt like it was dumb and just ill-advised and just let people do what they want to do on the Internet. And leave everybody alone. <laughs> you know, but, as long as you're not harming I think, somebody. I think, I think for the most part, people do do everything they want to do on the Internet. Right. Instagram is its own private thing, though. It's not a public yeah. thing. It's not the World Wide Web. It's privately right. owned and run the way they want to run it. You know, it's what? I guess it's owned by Facebook. So it's however Zuckerberg wants to run it, man. So, I mean, we mm-hmm. really have nothing to say with that. If you don't want to use it because of that very fact, then don't use it. I just did some looking, and as far as Google searching, I can find absolutely zero about this issue of hashtag horror uh, on Google. Uh, I can not not an iota of anything doing multiple different Google searches. The only thing that I can find involving any kind of Instagram pop-up is that if you were to uh, hashtag anything – involving opioids or something like that, there would be like a, a similar type of pop-up uh, giving mm-hmm. a, like a reference number or somewhere where you can uh, get help and then you can proceed to whatever it is that you were going to look for. But I couldn't find anything about this. Yeah, because there's such a non-plus issue that popped up for like a day, you know? And I think it's, you know, the, the tide is over as far as that goes because like we had said at the start, they're not taking care of it so it's not being able to be seen anymore. They're just popping it up so that they let you know if you need help. Uh, you know, you can get it. Otherwise, keep on searching, which is fine. You know, that's fine. But I feel like it's dumb, and I'm glad that it's over. But it's one of those things. Like, just leave horror alone. It's fine. It's in its own little world. <laughs> but that's, 
my my soapbox, yeah. my two cents about that because, I, like I said, I'm, I get triggered very easily. So I'm one of them. I'm a trigger happy person when it comes to people attacking cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm well, the first one to stand up and say, "Sit the fuck down. Leave us alone. Yeah, We're fine." But but also, listen, 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 listen. Take a couple deep breaths. Okay, if you have one of those safety <laughs> chairs or something like that, you know, have a seat, relax, and I, I don't know, you know, Doc, Doc, you deal with all the uh, the weirdness in, in in the schools these days. What other methods do they use for these kids? Uh, drugs, but if you search for drugs, you'll get a pop up. So, <laughs> oh, so that's that's a, that's a problem. So yeah, we don't want to trigger you again. So don't don't, don't search for drugs. No. So going away from hashtag horror to horror news. Uh, what do you have for us to talk about tonight, Doc? Well, I was going to ask if anybody has any items they wanted to bring up because I have to step away for about 90 seconds. Uh, okay. I will okay. bring up – well, no, see, I don't want to bring up the one because yeah. I know that the Doc will want in on that. So never mind. I'll just wait till I mean, I, no, go ahead. Okay. Bring it up. Bring it up. I can be back, and I'll be back before the other guys are finished talking about it. Bring it up. Uh, uh, I okay. mean, uh, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but the uh, obviously the big trailer that dropped today was the Stranger Things season three, full trailer yeah. finally, not a not a mm-hmm. teaser. No, full no. trailer. Uh, yeah, I watched it too. Um, <laughs> it's so, exciting! Like I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I, I was brought right back into the world, and I was so happy to be back in Hawkins. And I was just <laughs> And I was just thrown off by, like, how old they look now. Like, just how quickly right? they've gotten so much older. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, and you guys said that there is going to be, like, a time jump between seasons, right? Like, they're actually going to go, yes. like, a full year and try and keep it in age with them. Well, full year, this this might take, I think, two or even three years past yeah. where we last saw yep. these kids. Oh, so they're, they're kind of tight. They're tying in with their age, so to to keep them older and to to keep the story progressing forward. That's a smart idea. <laughs> well, About we'll give the duffers that. Yeah, they know what they're doing, and yeah, nothing got me more excited than seeing that full trailer for season three. I was ready to go back in and see what they have. I like the fact that they're doing it in the summer. Because I know when I was a kid, I always looked forward to summertime, hanging out with a few friends that I did have and going on little adventures. Obviously, these kids have seen a lot more shit than I ever did. (laughs) (laughs) We're up. But it'll be fun to go back. Uh, What do you think, Ghoul? I mean, I thought it was a fun trailer. I'm hoping that's not the only one we get for it sometime. I no, I mean again, it's July Fourth weekend, so it's right around the corner. We we might get one more trailer. I I hope they don't give us too much. Um, you know, I know that we've had a lot of conversation over the last couple of, of months about how we feel like, you know, are they waiting too long? Is there too much time going in between? Are they, they losing that window of uh, opportunity that they have? Um, while I do think that they are, uh, they do take too much time at this point. I don't know if I feel the same anymore about this window. I know the second I fucking started watching that and the music kicked into place and there we are watching Dustin follow all these fucking robots around and then, you know, bam, we get that big shock and then right into Baba O'Reilly. Like everything felt like, boom, we're right back in this fucking show. I can't wait to watch season one and two again, leading up to season three. Um, right. I've got a Game of Thrones season to go, and then and then this. So I'm excited for it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I know that Diva's going to be totally stoked about this. You know, she's a big fan of the show as well. And, yeah, not even, you know, me, who I like, I'm not really a fan of the show, but, man, it was a really good trailer. It did a really good job of sucking me in. I was like, you know, it was even making me think, oh, fuck, man, maybe I got to go back and give the show a second try. <laughs> I mean, I know I want to go back in, and I want to do the exact thing that the ghoul's going to do and watch season one and two again, mm-hmm. just to get back into that world right before season three drops. So I'm fresh, I'm into it, you know, and I'm ready to go for season three. Yeah. Now, while the doc's still away... It's I'm back. I announced that I'm back. He's I back. said that I was back oh, like 30 seconds oh, okay. ago. Oh, okay. Are you better paying attention? So, so, Doc, what did you think of the trailer? I'm stoked, man. I love Stranger Things. I have been patiently waiting any tidbits that have come along about the third season. I have been... Uh, very excited for the changing of the seasons for this season to be taking place in the summer. I know that the limited information that the the Good Brothers have provided us with uh, have told us that this season was going to take place in the summer and have like a totally different kind of color palette to it than the previous two kind of dark and dreary seasons. So to see all of the things that take place in the Stranger Things world but taking place in beautiful sunny days uh, is is going to be pretty cool to check out. I thought the trailer was really cool. I think it's going to be very interesting with the uh, however long the time jump is to match their ages, especially because from some of the things and that you saw and heard in the trailer, uh, especially the voiceover that says, uh, "What did you think we were going to do? Sit in your gate in your basement and play games forever?" I'm sensing from that that there's going to be some in kind of ripple, uh, yeah. well, whatever it was. But that there's that there's definitely well, going to be some Well, particularly because we know that that's uh, that's Mike's basement. Yeah, so we right, know right. it's Mike who's saying it. Right. There's still some stuff in the basement. But um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I get, uh, I get what you're saying. That's going to show that yeah. there's going to be some 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 ripple between between the friends about uh, you know growing up and maturing and starting to lean in that direction versus holding on to being a kid. And what your interests were then. So it's going to be interesting to see how the relationships have changed or are changing and are unfolding as well uh, as whatever's going on involving Hawkins Lab and all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to season three. Um, you know, I don't watch a lot of television. I don't watch a lot of shows. But Stranger Things, as I've said numerous times is one that has sucked me in and hooked me, and I, I'm, I'm really excited, and I was stoked to see a trailer today. Yeah, and I was glad that you brought that up too, Doc, about the, the divide that might happen between the friends. I mean, Mike just wants to get some strange from 11. Like, he wants to touch, ooh, this time. Like, you know, summer of love, baby, come on. I don't well, technically it's not dragons. strange. Strange would be if he had a girlfriend and had Eleven on the side. Like, Eleven is his girl. It's not necessarily strange. Well, she is strange, yeah. so technically it is getting strange. <laughs> but your your terminology doesn't work here. <laughs> you know, he wants to get a little. You know, he doesn't have time for Dustin and all the the fun that they could have in the basement. He wants to have his own fun in the basement. We'll see. We'll see if we'll see if that's where they're going with it. I mean, we obviously see the girls bonding. You know, there's that quick mall shot. Um, right. So 11 in a mall, that should be fascinating. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to bring back the other, uh, any of the other numbers um, at some mm-hmm. point. Because uh, we, so. we got eight in season two. So, 
know, there's, yeah, there's like a lot of ways they can go with it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be exciting. I mean, it's the summer. It's right around the corner. Like we had talked about previously, like the ghoul had brought up, we thought that it was too long, but now it's here. So now it's coming. So mm-hmm. it's like, all right, we're all amped up. Uh, but now, uh, Doc, what else do you have now that we've continued oh. past uh, Stranger Things? Well, it was a big day for trailers, and I did have the Stranger Things trailer up on my docket here. But we also got the first look at Quentin Tarantino's up-and-coming movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, did anybody did. get a chance to see that today? I did, I did not yeah. get a chance to see that yet. I ran out of time. I, uh, but please, I put please, it all please tell me the, about it. I put them all on the freaking thing, too. Yeah, I know. They're there. That's how I watched it. I know. I know. I had a 12-hour day today, man. I didn't have time to watch it. Listen, man, you know what, dude? There's no fucking excuses, monkey. You shouldn't <laughs> watch the trailer, bro. Yeah. Bad monkey. That's a bad monkey. So, so come on. Talk about the trailer. What was involved? Yeah, well, I mean, it's... it's so what are you going, guys thinking? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of divided on it because I watched it when the Google posted it on the Facebook chat, and then I watched it again when I got home. Um, and I just I was mixed on it because it, I know how they're going to do it. They're going to do it Pulp Fiction style, kind of having different stories take place during the year 1969 uh, in Hollywood. So they're going to introduce Manson, Sharon Tate. You have Leonardo DiCaprio playing a Hollywood star, Brad Pitt playing the stuntman character of Cliff Booth. Uh, it was fun, but at the same time, I, I kind of hope that we get a better fleshed-out trailer. This, to me, seemed like it was a teaser. wasn't enough of a trailer where I could get a good sense of what they're going to do. I mean, either way, I was excited because I, I love Tarantino and I love what he does. So to see him tackle 69 in the way that he's doing uh, with Manson, you get a shot of Manson in the trailer, very brief, but he's in there. Um, but what did you guys think about it? Cool. I mean, you know, I'm a, as, a, as a Tarantino fan, I'm excited for anything that he puts out as far as works go. Um, so this is what, his ninth movie? And yeah, also, yeah. You, you talk about Quentin Tarantino, and I mean, there's this huge, huge amount of years that he's been so influential in, you know, I know in my life personally, as far as films go, but, you know, just in general. But the reality is, is, you know, he's only done nine films. And that, I think, is telling of how important each one of the movies that he's made is in some way. Um, the commentaries that are, are, are made while they're doing them, the way he tells the stories, just uh, all the little interesting intricacies that he, he pulls off with the characters and the soundtracks, you know? Like, I know for me, like, that that is always the key for it to be a Tarantino movie. Um, like, Death Proof being part of the whole Grindhouse thing. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, when I, when I heard that he was doing it, it was like, okay, you know, it's whatever. It's Tarantino, he's doing a Grindhouse movie. But as soon as I heard that soundtrack... I knew that this was a Tarantino movie um, because mm-hmm. that, that is what it is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it greatly, you know, because it's, it's him and I want to see what he's going to do with this material. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc, what do you think? Um, you know, uh, I agree with both of you. One, I do get the sense that this is like just a first little taste. I wasn't, after I watched it, I was like, all right, well, this doesn't feel like a full trailer. Right. Uh, it felt like a little more than a teaser, uh, but I didn't think it was a full trailer. But I feel the same way about Tarantino that you guys do. I think that he is the 
the, the best filmmaker of our generation. His ninth film, uh, and of which like he writes all his own shit as a, and doesn't just direct people's shit. Right. And he tells interesting and unique stories and, uh, you know, crafts amazing dialogue, has great scenes, all of it. Uh, I think that when this project was announced, there was a lot of talk flying around everywhere that Tarantino is making a Manson movie. Oh, yeah. And while uh, the Manson specter hung heavy over that time period, uh, what I've since learned with a lot of reading about this is that this is not necessarily a Manson movie. Uh, nope. This movie is going to be more about the kind of end of the kind of golden age of Hollywood uh, in in the 1960s, like steamrolling all the way from, not that the movie is going to be covering earlier times, but like right. when they talk about the golden age of Hollywood, they talk about the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, uh, you know, that this kind of time period in the 1960s is is when that whole shift is kind of ending and it's starting to turn into something else, uh, you know, both in Hollywood as well as in society. So I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how he tackles, tackles all of that. Now, Charles Manson, like that's going to play a part in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, this isn't going to be a, this isn't a movie. He's not tackling, you know, Helter Skelter or the Manson story strictly. It's going to be part of this woven universe that he's creating. And I'm really interesting to see how it comes out of his kaleidoscope of time that he does in his movie. So I was stoked mm-hmm. to get a first look at this. So, you know, yeah, I again, agree with uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I love about Tarantino. Yeah, I, I like I had said when I when I first talked about it, how it's going to be a Pulp Fiction style anthology story, where Manson's going to be in it, but he's not going to be the focal point. Like he's already said that it's not like you had said, Doc, a Manson movie. He's in it because he's a part of that downfall of '69. So it's going to be about Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Brad Pitt's character. It's also going to have Sharon Tate. It's also going to have Manson. So I like the fact that they didn't focus solely on the Manson family shots in this trailer. I mean, you get a couple of them. Like I said, you see Manson for half a second, but it's more so about the interactions between the stuntman and his actor friend, and then throwing in a couple shots of old Hollywood and Sharon Tate as what she was doing during that time. So well, I know when we first, when we first found out that it was going to be, you know, set in that way where it wasn't a straight up uh, Manson film. I think one of the things that, you know, we had said was that, uh, the best thing I think to liken it to would be like Summer of Sam, where yeah. you know the, the the whole Son of Sam killer is obviously a major proponent to it because it's something that was occurring at the time. The whole movie in itself was really about that whole 1970s New York setup in '77 and the tension that was going on and all of the things around it. So, and I think that's yeah. what we're gonna we're gonna see something similar to all of that. And I'm a fan of that movie. I'm a huge fan of Summer of Sam because of those reasons. It's not just a David Berkowitz story. It's a story about the 70s in New York. You know, the punk rock scene, the disco scene, the blackouts that happened, the riots that happened. It wasn't just about the Son of Sam, which I think that's the way that you should make a movie. If you're going to do it, frame it around what's happening at the time. Don't just focus on the killer. Focus on what's going on. It was a setup. You know, that's, that's what I appreciate about these and by doing it that way, they still did keep a good enough focus on the actual killer because that just goes to show how much tension was going on, you know, in the city 
at that point because of that situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what Tarantino's going to do. Not make it focus so much on that, but everything. You know, give us a real kind of glimpse into 1969 Hollywood and what was going on at the time. You know, because that was a turbulent time, not just with Manson, but with a lot of things at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping he focuses on those aspects. And Speaking a, of Charlie Manson, you know, also caught the, uh, the little bit of a trailer of Matt Smith performing as Charlie yes. Manson, man. And that, uh, that was a little bit wild to see, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, like I, I know I've seen, I, I've seen Matt Smith do other things. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play a villain. You know, in the, uh, the, 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 well, now it's, I guess, being rebooted yet again. But Terminator Genesis, he was right. the, uh, the, the main villain. He was Skynet in its humanitized form. Um, but, you know, the whole fact is, you know, this guy is going to forever, to me anyway, he's going to be the 11th Doctor, man. It's just the fucking yep. way around it. <laughs> but I like I the way he looked as Manson. I, I like. I, I have you to know. say the, the the look was definitely uh, was was there. Um, oh yeah, he's got that that cold, darkened eyes. You know, like I, I'll give him all that. It's all there. But all I want to see is that man fucking you know pull out some some fucking fish fingers and custard, man, and just you know <laughs> don't be mean, don't be mean, Matt Smith. Be nice, Matt Smith. Man, horror fans. You know, during one of the sequences, just for us. <laughs> you know. um, okay. Uh, so okay. What else do you have, Doc? Uh, veering into Stephen King territory for a moment. Uh, we've talked a lot about the upcoming Pet Cemetery remake. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, both pre-trailer, post-trailer, and everything since. Uh, so, it did have a screening. And while I did not open any of the reviews and read any, read any of the reviews, uh, I will go on to say that the headlines for these reviews, and, uh, you know, they're written, obviously, in clickbait style to get you to want to open them and read them. I did not take the bait. Uh, but it mm-hmm. seems that, uh, you know... You are a special seen... kind of fish. <laughs> Fresh fish. Um, it seems that give me that fucking uh, fish. Give me that fish. It seems that fucking <laughs> back, and it's been driving me up the fucking wall. It seems that uh, some are saying that this will be the the best adaptation of a Stephen King book to film ever, and some are saying oh. that it's a complete and total mess. So it'll be of curious course. to actually finally sit down in front of this thing and see, see what's going on. You know, we've talked about this at length. Um, you know, I'm not trying to have a whole pet cemetery discussion yet again on the show, uh, but because so, it did have a screening so, and reviews so are starting to come out, I just want said, you to share that. In- half the people have said that this is the greatest thing ever. And half the people have said that this is like a bad movie. It's basically, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say half the people. These are two, these are, these are just two headlines from two different, uh, you know, movie media, uh, writers, uh, this is not like mm-hmm. a poll of audience members or anything like that. These were mm-hmm. two different articles. Yeah. Headlines written. Gotcha. Headlines stating, "Well, it was better than Dark Tower." <laughs> well, uh, there's there's not much that you need to accomplish to do that, you know. But that's what happens when you let the the studio not do things in the right way. Oh, absolutely, man. My, um, my opinion on that. Now, 
Uh, real quick, I just want to know, Doc, do you have any uh, interest in talking about Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, I know that they rehired James Gunn. If you guys want to go talk about that, I'm happy to just hang back and listen. If you have that on your items, go right ahead. Yeah, so... Uh, Wait, so before you, you say know, that, though, before you say that, though, to keep things uh, to keep things in their uh, proper categories, I just have, because we just mentioned Pet Cemetery. I just have one more quick Stephen King item that I want to oh, mention, oh, and then the floor, the floor is yours. So I was not a watcher of the Castle Rock uh, series uh, mm-hmm. that had a season previously. I believe that was a Hulu show. Uh, yeah, but apparently, one. yeah, yeah, it had one. It had one season, and apparently, you know, from what I understand, like you know, people didn't weren't really crazy about it. Uh, but what I did read is that they do have a they actually have a second season coming up uh, cool. for the Castle Rock series where they kind of meld all of the different Stephen King stories and characters kind of into each other in this kind of alternate universe based on his writings. Uh, just some things that I saw that were of interest. Uh, there's going to be a uh, a young Annie Wilkes character. Uh, so from Misery. Uh, that will be a part in this Castle Rock she loves season, company. Uh, as well <laughs> as as well bird. as there's going to be a character of uh, John Ace Merrill, uh, played by not for this series, but in the movie Stand by Me, was played by Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, so that right. character is going to reappear uh, as well. So uh, you know that's what I got for Castle Rock season two. Uh, you know I don't know if any of you guys had watched that show. I have not, but I uh, thought that. Uh, bringing, like, just seeing that those two characters were going to come back to the screen, I thought that was interesting, so that's why I'm sharing. I had begun to watch it. Um, you know, we're a couple episodes in. I want to say maybe two or three. Uh, it, we didn't stop watching it out of any kind of uh, dislike of the show. It just happened to be one of those things where we watched it and then, you know, other things came up and we just haven't gone back to it yet. I'm actually quite happy to hear that they're getting another season because it was very enjoyable, actually. Mm. Oh, so, so, okay, so you and the ghoul gal actually really liked the um, first, uh, first few episodes you watched? Yeah, I mean, it was enough to interest us to to want to continue watching. But like I said, with all the other shows and all the other things we we always yeah. have going on, plus you know me, I'll watch the same fucking Marvel movie again and again and again. Yeah. Um, so, you so know, I wanted to ask you, you know, times. It, uh, the way they've written the show is it something where you have to be a hardcore Stephen King fan to be able to get into the show, or is it just helping? not at all? You could watch the show for what it is. You'll catch, you know, if you're any bit of a Stephen King fan, you'll catch maybe some of the slight references. But, uh, you know, if you're a big Stephen King fan, then you're, you're going to pick up every little thing. You know, it's one of those right. though, that you don't need to know everything in order to get what's going on. The story is its own thing. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Uh, you know, I, I have not yet watched it yet. I know it's on DVD. Uh, you know, I've seen it at Walmart, and I keep trying to say I'm going to buy it one of these days, and I always pass it. So, but one of these days, I'll get around to purchasing it on DVD, uh, checking it out for a season, because like the, the doc had said, they're introducing Annie Wilkes and Ace Merrill from Stand By Me for season two. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they do. I just got to watch the first season first. 
Um, and just real monkey, quick, just to go with the whole yeah. season thing, I know, Monkey, you want to do the uh, – I'm all for it. Just give me a second. Um, yeah. Just in case anybody listening does have a, uh, you know, an Xbox or whatever it is, if you are interested in Ash vs. the Evil Dead, they are currently running one hell of a sale. It's going on for about three more days, four more days. Fucking six dollars, you get all three seasons. Ninety nine cents for oh. season one, a dollar ninety nine for season two, and two ninety nine for season three. Six bucks That's for epic. seasons of Ash vs. Evil Dead. You can't go wrong. No, fortunately I don't have an Xbox, but if I did, I'd be buying that shit right now. Because <laughs> that's a hell of a deal. Six yeah, bucks especially all because all, because all the physical box sets I know right now are going between twenty and thirty dollars a pop per season. Yeah, just so, season. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, I wanted to bring up that it seems like Marvel, after hearing the news that James Gunn is going to be uh, directing the the latest Suicide Squad, has changed their mind, and now we have James Gunn not only directing but also writing the newest volume of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he helped write the other ones. I, mean, I don't think it's got anything oh, to do with the fact that he was doing Suicide Squad. I think it's just that Marvel, Disney felt like what James, like, listen, here's the one thing, you know, during uh-huh. this entire thing that occurred with James Gunn here, you know, yeah. at no point did he ever make excuses at no point did he ever toss Let, the blame to other people. He accepted the blame. He apologized. He explained that he was a different person at that point, and that was it. He never got mad at Disney, never blamed them for firing him, never made a big stink nope. about anything. He did everything as fucking classy as you possibly could. And you know what? I think this is one of those cases in which it paid off because I think Disney knows that Guardians of the Galaxy has been – Guardians of the Galaxy. 
So oh, yeah. I just find it so funny that they ended up getting the director for Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> to now do the movie. And I'm sure the big complaint will be is that, they, you know, whatever. Now this time it'll just be that well, the characters aren't as good. And that's that's true. Um, you know, as far as their, their portrayal, I feel like, you know, DC is not has not been as strong as what Marvel has pulled off with its characterizations. No. But no. And, yeah, they aren't putting the time and effort to flesh out their characters script-wise like Marvel has been doing, you know, making the characters enjoyable. And it just seems like the characters that are coming out of DC movies are just a little bit flat, you know. Uh, you know what, listen, I hate to, you know what, and I'm sure I'll get whatever fucking hate I'll get for saying it, uh, if anybody's listening. But the fact of the matter is, is that's DC characters in general. They're fucking boring. <laughs> Superman is a fucking Boy Scout who's invulnerable and basically can fucking do anything that needs to be done when he needs to do it. Batman yeah. is about the only interesting character that they have, and that's only because he's almost as nuts as his fucking villains. Aside from that, yeah. it's pretty much fucking boring shit, and the movies are reflecting that. Oh. I gotta agree, but disagree with you because it's like also I'm a big fan of Green Lantern. I think he's a like the Hal Jordan one. I think he's a great uh, character. But again, it's because he's a cocky asshole, you know, that goes around beating the shit out of people, you know. But yeah, for the most part, you know, um, DC's characters have, like, in my opinion, not really moved much up since the '60s, as far as you know, fleshing out the characters in the storylines. I'm sure lots of hardcore DC characters up there will be arguing it too, but you know, yeah, I agree with you, Paul. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a Marvel it, it, guy. What can I say? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm proud of it. I watch all of them. Yeah. It's not like I don't own the DC movies. I do fucking buy them. Right. Um, you know, I bought Aquaman the day it came out, and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm in that same boat with DC where I think Batman is the strongest character they have because he's as fucked up as his villain. So yeah. that's why I've always been a Batman fan. When it comes to DC, now, I've never been a fan of Superman. You know, I can care now, less about that character. True. And we have 15 minutes left for horror news. Uh, Doc, what other time? <laughs> we have time on it. time it now? I'm trying to. Jeez, yeah. man. So, so, what other excellent news do you have, Doc? Uh, there is going to be a new Frankenstein. Again. And he's a cop. He, and he's what? a cop. Yep. What? And Frankenstein. So, <laughs> there, there's going to be a Frankenstein cop in San Francisco that's gay, and he's going to be on the dating scene. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, this sounds funny. <laughs> Me like ass. <laughs> so... So this this series, this this Frankenstein take is going to be a show on CBS. It's going to be called It's Alive. Uh, It's going to be starring uh, Ryan Felipe, who plays a police officer uh, who, in the line of duty, Uh, uh, gets killed. You said duty. And then uh, six months after his death, uh, he kind of reappears and returns to his wife, uh, but when he returns, uh, he's not the same. And it turns out uh, this has been—it's uh, been the work of a, a shady scientist named uh, Victor Frankenstein, who is currently on the run from the authorities in China for his work there, but is somehow working in the United States. And to double <laughs> the drama, 
to double up the drama, it turns out that this Victor Frankenstein, who had a hand in bringing Ryan Felipe back, is also the ex-husband of Ryan Felipe's current wife on the show. So this will be a Are you modern this take it up. No, no, I'm not making this up. Wow, this is going to be He's completely correct. <laughs> it's going to be a... No, this is going to be a... hospital episode. No, it's going to be a police procedural uh, type show. Uh, you know, with with Frankenstein lore. Yeah, I, I know. I and they're putting the Twilight Zone on their streaming network, but this this somebody greenlit to put on like live regular television. Well, yeah. okay. as of yeah. this time, as of this time, they're only making a pilot, uh, so it's not like they're gonna put a whole slate. And okay. they're not going something like this is not something that. Uh, you know, is going to have a a super curious widespread audience the way a, a no. name the Twilight Zone uh, might have. So, you know, by putting their their hope, their gamble, I don't know if it's a gamble, but their hope is that the Twilight Zone series will bring people to pay for their their uh you know their CBS premiere, whatever whatever it's called, ABC, whatever network it's going on, uh, CBS, all whatever. Access. Yeah, don't whatever. You whatever. Ne- don't you remember when networks yeah, got paid money access. from uh, advertisers? Those things called commercials. Oh, yeah. They actually yeah. pay a couple million million dollars for these spots on TV. They they're about thirty seconds apiece, and yep. they do that so that this way we, as a fucking television audience who has television, can watch these these wonderful shows. Not have well, fucking that- television. Not have these these mm-hmm. people pay millions of dollars and then also start to pay another fucking ten dollars a month so that they can fucking give. Internet access. I mean, it's bullshit, man. Fuck CBS. Well, Fuck their show, man. They can we'll go get eat to, a dick. We'll get to see it's alive, a dick. though. Eat a dick. Yeah, but I have to correct you, Doc. It's Frank not called Sti- alive. Frankenstein can go it's eat a dick, alive. It is. It's called RoboCop. Okay, that's what they're doing. They're ripping <laughs> off the fucking storyline for RoboCop and sticking fucking yeah. Frankenstein in it. That's what they're doing. Yeah, so I, I hate to, to correct you, Doc, but it's called Alive, not It's Alive. It's Alive is a Larry Cohen film. From the 80s. First of all, that kind of that kind of language is unnecessary language uh, in in our vernacular. Don't hate to correct me. If I made a fucking mistake, fucking correct me. <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking about the classic <laughs> Frankenstein cop procedural that's going to come are out. You, are you show shaming the doc's news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm show shaming news, but no. Oh, now it, we're show yeah. shaming. Here we go. Now we're going to show shame. Don't fucking trigger well, him again. Let me, clarify my words. Let me clarify my words. So uh, when I was reading about this show today, uh, you know, the, and I'm, I reopened up the article that I was reading. Uh, it says the CBS project that was originally announced with the title Frankenstein, but is now being called Alive, as in It's Alive. I just I saw the It's Alive and I wrote that down in my notes. Uh, oh, so that's what I, It's I, Alive I, at the end. Yeah, I probably wrote that in my notes to like remember to say that's why it's called Alive, but I just said it's called It's Alive. So I isn't Alive really that fucking movie about those fucking kids yeah. that lacrosse team or whatever, team. man? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah the, no, the, they were soccer, football, football. People. No, they were, they were they were from another country. It wasn't soccer. It was football. They were football oh, players. Football. It's football. I call it soccer. They ate people. Okay, so they yeah. should make another well, movie they, like that. Except now, when they eat people, they're zombies. There's a million movies like that. (laughs) I saw that that Ryan Felipe was cast as this character is going to be Frankenstein's monster. Well, hey, they found Ryan Felipe. 
He's one of the Oscar-worthy fucking actor right there. <laughs> yeah. If I've ever seen one. I completely forgot about him after I know he did last summer. So good for them for bringing him back. <laughs> so they they spent a lot of years trying to ram Ryan Felipe up the fucking uh, the the movie audience's ass. Cool and and while he has. He has had a couple of, uh, of, of bright spots throughout his career, none of which I can actually name at the moment, but I do know there's a couple of movies, besides Cruel I know what you did last summer and Cruel Intentions, that he was in. Uh, Antitrust, I think, was one that was actually pretty good. Um, but mm. aside from that, yes, he was a, uh, one of those young, up-and-coming actors that just never came. Uh, Antitrust, if you, if it, uh, in its time, was entertaining – but if you watch it now, it's so dated technology, technologically and, and, and horrible. It's terrible, um, <laughs> for sure. Make, uh, it makes a have, lot of sense. Uh, it did have What's-Her-Face in it. I can't remember her name right now. Um, Which one? Was Rachel Black. Lee Cook? Yeah, that one. Yeah, there yeah you go. Rachel Lee Cook. That's exactly who it is. Rachel? Oh, yeah, dude, she's so hot, dude. She's so hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he she's so play... hot in the fucking Josie and the Pussycats movie, dude. That Josie know, and the Pussycats man. movie sucks ass. I love that movie. But she was that movie. so fucking Dude, don't hot. even say okay, that for a minute. That movie is fucking... Dude, that movie's so entertaining. Like, we, we used to, like, quote that movie at each other and fucking say lines from it, dude. Don't Lisa even fucking try to say it. Snyder. Dude, <laughs> it's me. Lisa. It's Wally. White-ass Wally. Well, these are the two guys that probably love Spice World, too. So, just to say... Never, never saw it. And listen, man, Spice World had pink from fucking uh, the wall in it. <laughs> yes, it did. Bob Gilmore. <laughs> yes, it did. But, yeah. Well, yeah, he was making all sorts of references. This <laughs> thing, Lisa? Lisa. Snyder. Lisa Snyder. Similar to the movie Honey. You know, I can oh. watch both of those films on mute and be completely 100% satisfied. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't argue with that. Um, but last week we had talked about making wishes. Uh, do we have any, Scott, uh, for our fake Make-A-Wish Foundation that we have here at Talking Terror for granting wishes um, that don't include John Cena? Um. I'll, I'll I'll start off uh, just because mine is not about meeting anybody, just because I find people disappointing. <laughs> um, like, mine's all adrenaline. It would be do, do, doing stuff that I know I can't do because I'm poor. Um, and, it, and it would be stuff like, you know, riding in an F1 car, skydiving, um, and... You know, you know, high high adrenaline stuff like that. You know, going up, going up an F eighteen Hornet, or you know, if you really want to push it, actually going up in a fucking space shuttle. You know, it, but it would be all high adrenaline stuff, not meeting anyone in particular, but just going out and doing these events and just getting the rush of doing something like that ever. <laughs> okay, I mean that's a good one. I mean, I'll give you that. I'm not much of an adrenaline junkie, so I mean, but that's good for you. Uh, Doc, what is your wish? The Talking Terrors Make-A-Wish Foundation. So for the Talking Terror Make-A-Wish Foundation, for me, it's going to come down to this. Uh, the monkey has never uh, had a chance to uh, be part of any of this. Uh, the, the ghoul has on many occasions, and I believe the king has once, 
but one of my favorite personal uh, pastimes, uh, you know, is, you know, spending time in the kitchen as well as spending time with my smoker and grill. Um, you know, I know that the ghoul has had many of the eats that have come off of those items at many of the parties Indeed. that I used to throw uh, oh, yeah. when I would live in New Jersey. I believe the king made one of those one time. I did. It was fantastic. So anyway, uh, my favorite uh, cooking show, and uh, I wouldn't necessarily say celebrity chef because, you know, he, he didn't necessarily go down that road, uh, was a show that originally was a Food Network Canada show, uh, but aired on a network that was called, it was in the United States, it was, it was gone, it was called the, I, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a do-it-yourself kind of uh, network that had like low-budget shows on like fucking crocheting and shit, but uh, there was also this show that was called License to Grill, and it was hosted by a chef, a Canadian chef named Rob Rainford, uh, who uh, was a hugely influential to me as my uh, love of cooking and grilling and smoking was growing like around 15 years ago or so. And mm. I think that my make a wish and, and, you know, that show was on for five seasons. Uh, you can't purchase them anywhere. Uh, but I did find seasons one through four in a bit torrent. So I do have all four, the first four seasons of that show, uh, you know, on my computer. And when I need some inspiration, I go and kind of flip through them and look for good ideas. But uh, my make-a-wish would be to, for the opportunity uh, to spend a day kind of grilling and cooking foods and smoking and drinking some beers with Chef Rob Rainford. That's cool. a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. I like that wish. Uh, Ghoul, uh, before I get into mine, have you thought about it? Do you have your Talking Terror Make-A-Wish Foundation wish? Yeah, you know, of course, I'm the one that, like, went and presented this whole question and all that shit, and it's one of those where, you know, something came out of my mouth, as as is often the case, where I actually didn't think about it myself. Um, you know, God, who would ever think I'd, I'd do anything like that? Uh, that could involve said, penises oh, yeah, and I, buttholes and midgets and all kinds of stuff, right? Hey, listen, man, okay, that chick, whatever, with a dick, she was pretty hot. I'd tap yep. it. I know the king would tap it, and I'm I sure would. the monkey would tap it. So I got tapped probably... by it. <laughs> the, the monkey would suck it, okay? Um, <laughs> Tapioca. You know, the, king, the king will definitely be hand, giving it a fucking handy, judging from how much he worships that fucking schlong. Um, oh, easily. I'm good yeah. on that. Like I said, I, I want nothing to do with the sword fighting portion of it, but the, uh, the, the rest of that package is pretty fucking hot. Anyway, man. I would actually, uh, you know, I've done the skydiving thing. Uh, you know, the, the whole extreme thing, I get it. I do. I, I, I really love that. It's a great idea, Monkey. Um, so props to you on that one. Um, I love yours as well, Doc. It definitely fits you as far as uh, what I could see you wanting to do. Uh, for me, I would honestly love to spend some time sitting in with none other than Kevin Feige. From fucking mm. now Disney, but originally more, you know, Marvel, the guy yeah. that helped spearhead and organize everything to do with the MCU as we know it, and just to be able to know what it is that they actually have coming up on the horizon. I mean, this is a Make-A-Wish. I'm dying anyway. Right. I'm sure I have to sign some kind of NDA. Um, <laughs> You know, like, you know, Grant, Grant's ch- fucking dying child is wish, man, and, and let me know what's up. 
Wow. Obviously, that's not happening, but that is what I'd want. Yes. I was so. I was totally to expecting some kind of like. <laughs> I, I was totally not necessarily a porn star, but I was totally expecting some kind of like weird freak ass sex shit. Uh, you know that. Uh, you know the the monkey and 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 the king would be horrified by. But I I would know that it would fit right in with the lifetime that I've known the. <laughs> I uh, I get all the freaky, crazy sex that I could possibly ever want now. Um, so there you go. Quite quite enjoyable, so I don't even need to make a wish for that, man. Oh, props to you, Google girl. <laughs> but man, props to the Google girl. I mean, that's kind of like the uh, the fanboys movie that came out a couple of years ago with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, you know what? I want to meet Kevin Feige and just talk about what's coming up and what they have planned, and that's a good one. Especially because I know how hardcore of a fan you are of the MCU. So mm-hmm. I think that would be a, a great wish. You know, I know Marvel fanboy. going. Great one. So King. What would be your wish for the Talking Terror Make-A-Wish Foundation? Uh, I'm going to keep mine kind of based in the horror realm. Uh, back in the day, uh, John Favreau had a show on IFC called Dinner for Five, where it was him and like five other people that were celebrities having dinner I remember together. that show. Yeah, they would have, you know, the first course and they have the main course and dessert and coffee, and they would sit together and talk about Hollywood and, and what it means to them. So I thought about that as like a horror roundtable for me to have a big dinner with people that I love in the horror genre that are still living. So I would have Clive Barker, uh, Dario Argento, Adam Green, John Carpenter, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, uh, Joe Lynch, um, people that I really respect that are still alive right now in the horror community, like Brad Dorff would be involved, Robert England, Tony Todd, just have a gigantic meal with all these people that I love and respect in the horror community and just have fun and talk about stories from them growing up to being actors and what they love most about being an actor and that as a dying person, make a wish. I think that would be my last wish was to be, have a gigantic horror movie roundtable uh, dinner with those celebrities. Is that your wish, King? <laughs> it is. <laughs> And it may sound stupid, but I mean that's you know. No, I, it I, doesn't I, sound stupid, man. It's it's this is what you are, man. You are about horror. You live and breathe horror, man. It's like you know I've never met anyone that loves the genre more than you, and this is just so fitting to you to be able to have a, something like that of a roundtable of the, you know, the best and greatest that are still alive today, and to actually have a chance to talk with them all and converse, and you know while at the same time sharing your love with them about what they did to make them great in your eyes. Yeah. And I think that would be a great send-off for me to kind of sit down with all of them and just have a great meal and laugh and talk and, and just have a great time. And, I mean, that would be my final wish. But my other final wish would be to talk about this movie that we have to talk about tonight, Wishmaster. <laughs> yeah, really, beer. That would be your <laughs> final wish, really. <laughs> it was called the Segway. Nailed it. From downtown, the king is it. <laughs> so, he's had, uh, he's cool. had worse segues, so I'll give him credit on this one. I will. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take the bonus points. So, Ghoul, this is your film, Wishmaster from 1997, directed by Robert Kurtzman. Uh, why don't you do us with the plot, and uh, let's go from there. 
Yeah, well, I mean, listen, the reason why I picked this movie was because I brought up the the whole Make-A-Wish thing last week on some random whim, and since I had forgotten that it was my pick the following week, I just kind of rolled that up into saying, hey, Make-A-Wish, Wishmaster, now here we are. See, if we were talking about pages, we'd be covering Macaulay Culkin and Pagemaster. We were talking about wishes. Um, so that being said, the movie is about a fucking a dirty genie that does all kinds of wicked stuff um, to people. You he's know what we know. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, he's wicked smart. Um, now I guess I guess what we know as a Disneyfied tale of genies and you know Barbara Eden and stuff like that. The the uh, the true story of what these creatures are is much more malevolent, and they are evil beings that just want evil to take beings. over the world. They just want to take over the world. <laughs> They're evil that you have to say evil. Not just once, but twice. <laughs> so so what did you think about this movie, Cool? Who me? I you know I haven't really thought about this movie since the '90s when I saw it in the theaters, man. Um, <laughs> you saw this in the theaters? I saw this in the theater. Yes, indeed, on a uh, on a date. Um, With who? I, yeah. Uh-huh. You, you know her. <laughs> I'm sure the doctor. First letter. Her. First letter of the first name. Yeah, you know who it is. It's the letter K. You know and. and I'm paying it weekly. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess the timeline is right there. You're right. Yes. Well, this was in '97, uh, so uh, close, yeah. close. All right, but go. What did you think, man? Like yeah, anyway, re- man, re- 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 revisiting it money, and uh, now viewing money, it with fresh eyes. In my in my mind, when originally thinking about we were covering this movie, you know, I always try to like think back to to if I've seen the movie, you know, what was the movie? What do I remember of the movie? What do you know? What what is it that I remember Nothing. of the film? Um, no, that being said, I did remember this movie. Happiness. <laughs> no. Um, I remember being quite disappointed with this film. When I originally saw it, I don't know why. Well, because you know, considering most you don't horror, no, no because the horror films, <laughs> listen, the horror films at this time were not anything great. You know, we're talking Candyman, we're talking fucking the '90s. Scream was about the best thing that we had gotten, and you know, I knew this was not going to be Scream. This was fucking Wishmaster. This was up there with Leprechaun and all those other fucking '90s mm-hmm. creature features that were coming out. Um. Going back now, though, I do uh, I do find a little bit more enjoyment with it, at least as far as the practical effects go. You know, this is one of those mm-hmm. where did they have some did they have some CGI? Yes, they did. Was it terrible? Yes, it was. But <laughs> when they went to practical, you know, you could really see the work that they put into it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of messy stuff. And I know that some of the sequels took things a little bit further. Um, I know mm-hmm. one of the sequels has uh, somebody actually fucked themselves. Uh, I was hoping yeah. that was in yeah. this movie, oh. but it was not. I'm Part guessing two. that was the second one. That was the yeah. second one. I'm going to have to find that scene just so I can watch it. Evil yeah. Never Dies, part two. Came out two years later. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> All right. So, Doc, what, what did you think of Wishmaster? Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't hate it. Uh I never saw the Wishmaster when it came out. It was in that like that kind of murky horror period where 
you know, there was not much in the way of offerings that I was excited about. Uh, so I never ended up seeing Wishmaster. Um, you know, so I watch it. I watch it for the show here. And, uh, you were also just, busy cramming mad amounts of fucking LSD and fucking hippie <laughs> shit and going to fucking uh, protests outside the car conventions and shit like that at this time. I don't think we were watching much of the horror uh, into horror movies at this point either. Sorry. Yeah, you know, I. It's okay. Um, You know, so. uh, Yeah, that is that is true. um, What you're saying, but I watched Wishmaster, and whether (laughs) whether you want to, you know, say, oh, Wishmaster is great, or Wishmaster is not great, or it's good and flawed, or whatever. Whatever your opinion is about this movie, this style of horror movie is like not the type of creature feature, if you will, that appeals to me. Uh, like mm. the Wishmaster, that's not the type of thing that I find to be uh, fearful or entertaining. It's just not my preferred style uh, of movie inside of the genre. Uh, so that it had that working against it, you know, from the get go. So, uh, you know, overall, you know, this is the worst movie that I've ever seen or talked about on the show. But you know, I'm I'm not that crazy about this movie. Mm. It's blood beat. Okay. Um, yeah, this is my first time checking out Witch Ma- Wishmaster because the when it came out, I was a brand-new dad. I was um, busy busting my ass on shifts and stuff like that and just didn't have a lot of chance to catch a lot of horror. And now going back and watching this, it's, um, yeah, I'm surprised that more people don't talk about this movie for the special effects. When you look up things about movies, about, you know, horror movies that have great practical effects, I'm surprised more people aren't talking about this movie because I was just blown away by the practical effects that were in this movie. It's just the amount of gore, the amount of blood, you know, um, all of the guts and entrails that were in this movie. Like, I, I had a great fucking time watching this thing, and... Thank you, Ghoul, for picking this movie. It's like, oh, man, I just had such a fun ride watching this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and, You're yeah, welcome, I can, man. <laughs> and I can, I can easily see, you know, where this doesn't appeal to some people because, you know, the movie's campy. The, the story's very, very thin. But if you really love watching good special effects and, you know, just gory, you know, scary, gory effects, you know, this is definitely a movie that you should check out. Mm-hmm. You're, so you're film shaming people because they don't talk about Wishmaster more. Fucking film shaming, jeez. <laughs> <sighs> I'm, I'm not film shaming. I'm trying to. I'm film promoting, and then mm-hmm. shaming the people that aren't talking about this movie. It's just sure. Uh, again, <laughs> when so you, basically you're film shaming the doc because he's saying that he doesn't like this movie. You know, regardless if it's special wow. effects and all that. No, no. Fighting he just said it wasn't. Believe me, I'm not feeling shamed in the least. <laughs> no, but I've been sure. Are you, are you okay, doc? It's, <laughs> I'm. I'm just fine. Just I, I, I think I will survive to fight another day. <laughs> I've done lots of searches for the show about trying to find movies that are known for their special effects and have great special effects in them, and none of them ever bring up this movie. And it just shocks me because the studio that was behind this, I can't remember the name, the, the King knows it, but, uh, yeah, it was a, they did a great job. But moving on, King, what did you think of The Wishmaster? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I had seen Wishmaster when it came out on VHS, um, and I kind of rented it blind because I was looking for different things back in the 90s that I could watch that weren't necessarily slasher-related. Um, Scream 2 had come out the same year. I saw that in the theater, and I just kind of wanted to see something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reading the back of the box, and it had all these cameos from horror people, like Robert England, Tony Todd, Joe Pilato from Day of the Dead, Ted Raimi, uh, you have George Flowers, who's a big person that's in a lot of John Carpenter films. Uh, you have King Hodder showing up in this movie. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like the ultimate film if you're a horror fan. Because you get cameos from fucking everybody in this movie. Like, if you know horror, you know these people. Even the narrator is Angus Scrim, the tall man from Phantasm. Reggie Bannister as a pharmacist. <laughs> What's not to like? Robert Kurtzman directed it. He's part of K&B. He's a part of the effects crew that does amazing work. It's just the fact that the story is so threadbare. <laughs> there is none. Um, I will not argue that. <laughs> it, it's a hard movie because it, there's just the story is just so threadbare. Um, it's a very, very 90s movie. It's mm-hmm. very just planted yeah. right in that time. It just it feels like it. There's plenty of scenes where I was just waiting for somebody to break out of Zima and a pack of Mentos to go, 90s! <laughs> you know? <laughs> Way too many times in this movie. That's what happened. Man, those but, are, these are your fucking high school glory years, bro. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Was the king even well, in high school in the jobs, I was watching horror films. Yes. <laughs> what, you graduated in yeah. 2000, right? 2002. The ghoul was, still, the ghoul was in eighth grade in 1997? I mean, the king? Yes, I was. Uh, I was in eighth grade, 97. I graduated in Were you really? When this movie came out. Yeah, I was getting ready to graduate from middle school when this movie came out. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those things where I just I, – I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, Andrew Divoff, who – cool, I'm surprised you haven't brought that up yet. Big fan of Bonnie's work. He's the Wishmaster right. himself, the gin. But, you know, I, I figured I was going to wait until we got more into the uh, to the film. But, uh, but, yeah, both – you know what – uh, we've had the pleasure of not only meeting Andrew Divoff, but also the lead actress in the film, Tammy Lauren. Two yeah. wonderful people. I mean, both of them mm-hmm. so nice, so sweet. I mean, Andrew, yes, he really enjoyed the Ghoul Girl's work. He wants a uh, he wanted a bracelet made for a niece of his. Um, you know, the Ghoul Girl has a a friend who is a bit of a nutter, and uh, who you know, once we told her that. Andrew Divoff was there. She made sure to get her ass to the convention. Finally, you know, after many other times of trying to get her out to one, well, it was Andrew Divoff that got her there. Um, because she was great. so in love with him that she intended to marry him. And uh, yes, I think he tried to avoid her as best he could. <laughs> but him himself was very, very, very nice, very sweet. And yes, Tammy Lorden as well. She's also a very, uh, very nice lady. Yeah. Um, That's cool, man. You actually got to meet both of them, man. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but with movie, many, uh, many a smoke with, uh, with Tammy Lauren. Excellent. <laughs> uh, but with this movie, uh, it, it, it takes place in the beginning in Persia in the 11th century. You have uh, somebody wishing to see wonders, and you get to see what the djinn can do. Because like we had talked about... A whole new world. <laughs> yeah. How... <laughs> The djinn is a genie that grants you wishes, but they always have nasty consequences. But it leads uh, to one thing I wanted to bring up as we talk about this movie. 
the Jin kind of seems like he's an easily defeatable character if you know how to make a wish right. And I felt like nobody knew how to make a wish right to eliminate him uh, from their lives. And I felt like that was what was wrong with the movie, is that if you know how to word a wish right, you could eliminate him pretty easily. Like, he is not that hard to, to eliminate. Um, and I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I, I know I did. I was like, there's plenty of ways that you could defeat this character pretty quick. Well, well I mean, I, I'd like you to go, go into more detail on that, actually. Go ahead, yeah. No, you. That's what I'm saying. I would like for you to go into more detail on it. <laughs> well, I mean, because that, that requires me to jump around a little bit, and I kind of will. But it's just depending on what the wish is, you could do whatever you need to do to eliminate him. So let's say the djinn is in 2019, and he's killing a bunch of people, and he's forcing you to make a wish. Why don't you wish him the fuck back to Persia in the 11th century? Why don't you wish him back into that jewel and then have that jewel be buried in cement? Like, there's just so many ways that you could fuck him over. You could just say, my wish is for you to go away forever, and I never want to see you again. <laughs> you know, it's, it seems to me like there's so many ways that you can make a wish happen that involves his defeat that nobody thought about in this movie. Like, I don't know if he had hypnotic powers, and I think that was a big question that I had. Like, is he hypnotizing you when he makes you make a wish that forces you to make a wish that could lead to your demise? Because they never really played with that. Well, I think it might be onto something with that, only because of the whole, you know, fact is he's going after your soul. Uh, so right. it's kind of like, like they melded the devil in with, you know, the genie from Aladdin. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, again, for the most part, you got to remember, the only person that can really make that wish is the person that released him. Because that's the only person that right. gets three wishes. Everybody else, he just grants them something and, you know, He's going to take his due at a later point. Well, uh, well, everyone else gets one wish, you know, that's granted mm-hmm. by the djinn. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. But then, of course, because this is the story and this is a wee bit mixed up, we do have a couple of hiccups with that. <laughs> but, but that we'll get to later. <laughs> um, I think we do. I think it definitely is. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what I do like is that you get Robert England in the film as Raymond Beaumont. Uh, this art collector, very much a douchebag. But I always kind of like seeing Robert England outside of the Freddy makeup. Uh, because every movie that he does, when he has a line reading, it sounds like he's going to come every single time he does a line. Like, he's always like, yes, this is my statue. Like, yeah, it's very expensive. Like, yes. I just, I love it's seeing so Robert that you're thinking about Robert England coming. I do think about it often. <laughs> Before I go to bed, I'm wondering if he's coming right now. You never know. I mean, he could be. You know, I'd like to think that he's having a good time, but you know that's just my way of thinking about it. Um, more so, I like seeing Ted Raimi show up to just to die because that's what he does in a lot of movies. Ted Raimi showing up to do what he does best in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your character going to die in the first act. Okay, I'm in. All right, Ted Raimi to the rescue! <laughs> Immediately dying underneath the weight of this statue. That Joe Pilato, Captain Rhodes from Day of the Dead, another horror cameo, dropping that statue. I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, another horror cameo. We're not even, like, 15 minutes into this movie. We've already gotten a bunch of cameos. Yeah, but before, like, before all of that, though, it's like, uh, if I can, I just want to rewind, though, and just sit there and talk about how immediately this movie did a great job of sucking you in as far as the effects and whatnot by just showing you this whole – 
this total onslaught that you know this total slaughter that went on in Persia, you know, back in the 10th century, and um, 11th. you know it was 10. It was 11th. <laughs> Do your research. Date date was 1127, which actually would have been 12th century. century. Which would, um, would be the 12th century, yeah. So I mean, you know, yeah, it would have been 12th century. So everybody wants but, to really fucking nitpick here. <laughs> but we're not either way. But <laughs> but I loved how they just Don't gave us shame. this really. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we had this fun scene right off the bat of just you know torture and people get ripped apart and stuff like that. Just so the effects team can sit there and show you, okay, this is what we're capable of. You know, this is where we're going to go. Strap in because this is what we're prepping you for. Unfortunately, it doesn't really go that way. This is like, you know, that's why, you know, I feel like we can't miss this scene is because this scene, effects-wise, was like one of the best scenes in the entire movie. You know, and they put this right in your face, you know, of, you know, this is what's going to happen again. Yes, it was. Uh, (laughs) You know, and unfortunately, this is, you know, the movie did not come back to this level again. Yeah, it did. At the end, it's a bookend. It's like, it it was there, but it wasn't there. Like, it was in the Well, I mean, I think the idea... Again, I mean, I, I see where you're going with that. I mean, the fact is, yes, the the end sequence doesn't get as creative, I guess is the word to use, with right. the deaths um, as far as what we saw in the first very opening sequence here. But at the same time, too, I think that has everything to do with the wording, um, storyline-wise, because remember, that guy says, I want to see wonders. Show me wonders. So the fucking genie's showing him some wonders. This guy, you know, Robert England just wants to have a, a banging party that everybody's talking about. Exactly, which leads me to wonder if he even made that fucking wish. <laughs> he just said, I want to have a hot party that everybody remembers. <laughs> That's it. Like, that's all he wanted. Like, he didn't make a wish. He just said, that would be awesome. And all of a sudden, it happened. <laughs> Where are yeah, you with you, Jim? Like, you're fucking but yeah, sorry. sorry, but now we're back to present day America. <laughs> yeah, 97, y'all. America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. One of the awesome 90s fashions. <laughs> you know, everybody in baggy suits and weird kind of outfits. Um, but yeah, you have those Google Boy jeans. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I actually saw I actually saw someone in a members only jacket. Well, once we went to present day America, there was actually oh, yeah. someone walking around in a members only jacket. <laughs> and it didn't have anything to do with fucking uh, the Sopranos. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> no, not Jackie April. No, he was not in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's leading to the, the 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 crushing of the statue and the jewel being found by one of the dock workers. That apparently the monkey thinks is Kane Hodder, and I was really kind of mad at him for that because he thought that that dock worker that stole the jewel was Kane Hodder. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Just that was Kane Hodder, bro. Yeah, hey, I, 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 I. I 
I didn't know what kind of role he was going to have, and he seemed way bigger than Kane Hodder than we actually see him later. So that's why I had to go back and rewatch some parts and figure out which part was Kane Hodder, just because when we get to it, in my opinion, Kane Hodder didn't look like Kane Hodder. <laughs> but, wow. yes. but, yes, we, we have a dock worker steal the jewel you know, out of the, the broken statue, and somehow he's able to just pry this jewel out of this stone statue. Without he fired. He slid right the fuck that. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like childbirth and hips. But he gets it because it has to lead the story along. So it's Alex it's at Merit to lead this auctioneer kind of company where they could get the jewel and get a lot of money for this particular jewel. Yeah. All right. This is fucking 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a big idea. You know what it is, too, man? This has got that look of a 90s movie where it like, kind of oh looks God. like what we – this looks like what sci-fi puts out now. You know, yeah. and this is a theatrical yeah. release. Um, this has got like this has got like C like early seasons of CSI and Law and Order like written all over it, man. Like that's exactly what I'm thinking when I'm watching this. Every time you go into an you know an office, you know all of the furniture is glass, all over the place. The all of the office doors are glass. All of the desks are made out of glass. You know because that's how it is. Because that's how it is in the nineties. Like silk stockings. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I that show. Love those back in the day. Eleven <laughs> p.m. Wednesday nights. I was there. <laughs> USA. Yep. But uh, Doc, this is a question I want to bring up to you because when uh, Alex's friend Josh, who is very much in the friend zone, is very much planted right there, uh, examines the jewel, and we get our first uh, showing of the gin coming out and killing Josh. He asked Josh what his wish is going to be, and that's, I want the pain to stop from what just happened to me. Uh, how about you wish for 911 to be called? How about that? I'm, you know, I, my pain. Take my pain away. Yeah. Uh. yeah. How about, can you call the paramedics? I wish that you would call a doctor. I wish that you would call the hospital. Nope. I, I wish, wish that you would take the movie pain was away. shorter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it Listen, as somebody that's currently living through, like, a massive amount of pain on, like, an everyday regular basis that is not really going away as much as I would like it to, um, I, I would probably say yes to this, too, without any kind of details. I mean, the guy's, like, stuck in a fucking explosion, man. You can't really expect him to be thinking out the details of wording when the guy comes to him and says, do you want me to take the pain away? I think, you know, you look at that as a yes or no answer in that situation. Well, especially yeah, when it's this mean, weird little chud-looking motherfucker that come, you know, crawling across the floor talking to you the entire time. You don't even know if that thing's creature. fucking real. <laughs> I mean, I think at that, yeah, seriously, I think at that point you start doubting God and everything else around you, you know? Like, holy fuck, you know, the the, the world of physics is gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the, the scene better that comes later after the gin is released and he finds the body in the morgue and he's cutting the face off so he can wear it and become, you know, what he becomes. Uh, the one guy that comes into the room and he's like, I bet you wish you never saw what just happened. And he goes, yeah, very much so. And he's like, you're blind. And he's like, oh, no, my eyes. No. Well, even better, though, that kid, you know, it's funny. I saw that kid and I instantly recognized him due to his hair. He is in Can't Hardly Wait as one of, like, the stoner the kids. The high stoner, that's talking. yeah. 
Yes, that's talking with fucking yeah. uh, Jason Siegel. Yep. In, uh, he wears t-shirts. On the thing about fucking, he wears t-shirts sometimes. So. <laughs> Eating a watermelon. That's a pussy. <laughs> yes, I, I, that's a good one. I didn't realize that until you brought that up. But yeah, that's him. Who no, apparently goes to the hair, man. In a mental hospital. After <laughs> he gets blind. Um, and we get Andrew Divoff as Demarest now in uh, this human form, uh, walking the streets, kind of like Darkman style, where he just puts Man. the skin over his face and it melds and it becomes who he is now. And I just want to say, like, Andrew Divoff in this role, it's like I fucking loved him in this role, man. The way he talked and the way he acted and just the way he was with that, you know, evil, like, you know, satanic, like, grin. Is you know just we're walking around all pimp in the suit. It's like I really really enjoyed his performance in the human form in this movie. I wasn't crazy. Yeah, about he, it. he see he's an interesting one in which he uh you know he's one of those actors that likes to do his own stunts and everything. Um, and that's just oh, yeah. because he likes to f- feel like he can be in charge completely of the role. Um, but uh, you know I thought he uh, I thought it was very. You know, he was very good in this. You know, I thought the the voicing was a little bit weird at times, which I think I I it, remind, it reminded me of actors that have played the devil in other films. So, yeah. what, so, you know, what like do that, you mean, ghoul? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking Jack Nicholson in, uh, what is it, The Witches of Eastwick? No, Witches, not The Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. The Witches, other one. Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. Yep. Oh, is yeah, that right. the one where he's the devil? Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yep. Or like Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate. Or just yes, way over the fucking top. Yeah, but Al, Al is always Al overblown with everything, different. you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm the devil like that. over here. <laughs> 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 yeah, I agree with that. I, yeah, I agree with what you said about Andrew Divoff and the voice. It, it felt like weird dubbing at times when he was talking. Like, it felt like it was just ADR. Like, he wasn't talking in the moment. It was, like, recorded later. Uh, a lot of his yeah, lines. I like that too, which I know he does. I know he is a natural Spanish speaker. Uh, he grew up in Venezuela, but then he's also right. he yeah. can speak Russian and and other languages as well. Um, he speaks you know, Spanish languages. Yeah, he used to, he, he used to teach English. So like I don't I don't think it would be a a case where he can't speak because I mean again you know, I spent plenty of time talking to the guy. There's not a hint of an accent there, so. Oh really? So when you when you talk to him, like there's no hint of any accent at all. It sounds very very not American. at all. You would you would think this is some dude that's from like the California area or something, you know? I mean, he's not talking like, hey dude, what's up, man? You know, you're on a surfboard or something. But I mean, like you know, he's got that um very and I, I related to that area because of the very mellow. Um, deliberate way of speaking that I found from certain people that I've met from from that location. It's like very, very peaceful how they talk. But this kid, I was tripping my face off, man, after a fish show, and like he was from uh, like SoCal, and and yeah, it was like the most mellowest fucking dude I've ever met. And I'm just like, yo, bro, it's like, are you on something? And he's like. Nah, man, it's just the way I am all the time, you know. And then, and then, like, he thought about it for a minute, and he was like, "Well, yeah, no, I am on stuff, but, but no, this is just how I normally am." And I'm just like, "Yeah, bro, like, wow, I need to get to like that point in my life." Well, um, but and yeah, I kind of do I, like. I really enjoy the role. <laughs> I like the, uh, how the gin's kind of going on like a highlight reel of how many people he could fuck up with his wishes. 
like the uh, the girl <laughs> in the store where he buys his clothes from. He's like, how would you like to uh, be beautiful forever? She's like, yeah, kind of wish that. And he's like, mannequin. Granted. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, uh, you have George Buck Flowers playing the vagrant outside of the store, Reggie Bannister playing the pharmacist. Wouldn't you like to kill him? Hell yeah, would. Like, next scene, Reggie Bannister's dead. I want to be fucked up with the cancer. Fucked up and falling apart because of fucking cancer and shit. (laughs) You should get cancer and die. And he is. Um, but, yeah, it's just like a highlight reel. Horrible, All horrible, horrible feeling. Wish on somebody. What a douche. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish that he, like, I wanted to see him die more than I wanted to see Reggie Bannister die because that was such a selfish kind of thing to say. But, yeah, we get Reggie Bannister dying. So, but, again, it, it was, you know, fun little quick effects to keep throwing in there just little bit by little bit just reminding you you are watching a horror movie. You know, here's here's a scary scene, you know. So, you know, I, I enjoyed the little bit. The, you know, they were cheesy, they were campy, but at the same time, I was having fun with it. It wasn't bad. Um, what I wanted to talk about, because what I liked but didn't like at the same time because of the effects, was Kane Hodder showing up as the personal guard for Merritt. Uh, and you have Demaris, the gin going there to find the address of where she lives, and Kane Hodder showing up. And like the, the monkey has said, he does seem kind of, Light, like he doesn't seem as big. Like when you that, see him, that, this, that, I'll be that honest with you. Thing, man. Oh, go, I go mean, ahead. I know, I, like I know, I've met Kane, you know, over the last couple have, of yeah. years. But I also know that when this is around the time where me and the Doc actually met him, um, mm. when we went to Chiller at that point, um, right? Or was that a couple of years after this? What's that, Doc? Doc. When you met yeah, Kane Hodder in the 90s. Chili Theater. We met Kane Hodder at Chili Theater. Okay, what do you remember the year roundabout? Fuck, man. Uh, let's see. Kane Hodder, uh, let's see. Gunnar Hansen was still alive. It was pre-Kill Bill because Carradine was there and hadn't blown back up to Kill Bill. Um, I'm going to try and figure that out right now. Let me do some digging. Okay, I'm going to all I'm saying is, is I remember when I met Kane Hodder for the first time, I wasn't all that impressed with his size. I didn't think he was all as big as, like, I was expecting him to be. Um, you know, now I know later years of seeing him, you know, he's definitely built like a fucking brick shithouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, he, he is. You know what? I expected him to be a lot taller, I guess. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. Because Listen, of the height, I guess, of the Jason character, typically. You know, because Jason's yeah. just always so much larger than everybody else that it was just weird to see where I meet him, and he's only like, I don't know, maybe an inch taller than me, two inches tops. Yeah. He wasn't all that much taller yeah, than that I really? was. Yeah, oh, no, he's, he's not only... that tall. Oh, shit. Okay, I didn't yeah. see, again, that's why I was thrown off, because exactly what the ghoul's saying I was like, man, this can't be Jason, man. He's too fucking short, you know, especially compared to Divoff, you know, where Divoff is looking down at him. And he's, and he's he like, also see- Divoff is tall. Oh. He's actually yeah. a tall guy. I want to say Divoff might be like 6'2". Um, and I'd say, you know, probably Kane cool. is about the same height, if not an inch shorter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it just kept throwing me off because he was so short. He wasn't built like he is now. And I, right. again, I didn't know what he looked like back then. 
So that's why I had to go back and rewatch because that's why I thought the dock worker guy was because he seemed bigger than Kane Hodder did in the film. Well, and that's what I talked about last night with the monkey is that when Kane Hodder did Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday, he had a cameo as a SWAT team guy standing outside the morgue. He was wearing a bunch of SWAT gear, so he looked swole as shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, guy's built. Like, you know, he's not that tall, but he's built. And then when you see him in the security uniform, you're like, what? That's Kane? Like, what happened? <laughs> Did he not yeah. take performance-enhancing drugs anymore? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, got Ouch, more? that's alleged. I know, it's alleged. I'm not okay. saying he did. I'm just making a joke for the show. But um, his death, I thought, was stupid. Like, again, I thought it was just stupid. Because he tells him to this... go away. And he's like, mm-hmm. yes, I And he almost, to go and he away almost got away. He almost yeah, got away goes, because, you know what, the, the gin started leaving. Yeah, but then the gin's pissed off, and he's like, but uh, wait a second. What if I just walk through the door anyway? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I wish that you would do that. I wish that you would go through me. It's like, come on. Like, if <laughs> it was me, I'd be like, no, I wish that you would keep fucking walking. Keep going. Right. Ghoul. <laughs> but the... Yes. Yeah, Doc. Uh, Ghoul, what was the name? Which, was it uh... – when we were at Chiller, and I can't remember what movie it was, and we talked to someone, and you were like, uh, oh, you, uh, I, I really liked it. Was it Brad Dourif? Brad uh, Dourif, like a... yeah, the character of Sam from uh, fucking Spontaneous Combustion. Yep. That's it. Okay, thank you. I'll be back in a second. I, I mean, I'm still here, but yeah. I will report. Okay. I'll be reporting but, in a moment. But this is where we also start to have problems with the wishes. Because it, right. if, you're, if you're not Alexandra then you, you're only supposed to get, like, one wish. And this is right. where we see the djinn give two wishes because Kane Hodder makes him go away, and then he then right. bum rushes Kane Hodder with some bad CGI, you know, what what I took as, like, Warlock mm-hmm. special effects. Like, War of Illusion. Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch, yeah. Warlock. Jesus, man. I remember, <laughs> like, reading everything in Fangoria, watching specials on, like, HBO or something else about Warlock, and they kept going on and on about, like, how, like, groundbreaking, like, the digital effect was where he was doing that thing with his hand when he was in the shed, and, like, you know, like, you see, like, that blue shit come off his hand, and he's, like, bringing it up down to write whatever rune, rune that he was writing, and it's like, I watched yeah. that, like, recently and was like, yeah, wow. That's that's, 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 uh-huh. that's a bad it's, movie. It's like the the monkey had said. It's a problem with the wishes because we have another scene where the djinn is confronted with Alex and he gives her the test wish just to show her that if you wish something, it can come true. So she goes, well, I wish that you would kill yourself. And he pulls out the gun and blows his brains out. He's like, nah, I'm immortal, but that hurt like a bitch. <laughs> That hurt. Why would you wish to go back and like <laughs> ah, wish him back into the gem and wish under fucking concrete, like you know, wish him back to Persia? Because she hasn't. Because she hasn't started to do her research yet. It's, she did. She did her research. She met with the the folklore woman that was telling her all about jinns and how they work and how genies aren't good; they're evil. So she was doing her research. She knew about this. You know, it was she had it in her head. But her first test wish is to blow your brains out. Like, are you kidding? He's a fucking genie. Like, he's done well, again, you got to remember something here. The woman that she's speaking to 
you know, is going by theoretical science here. It's not like there's still fucking gin and, and magic going on in this universe. You know, we're we're right. in the laws of reality here. So she's talking about things that would be terrible, yes, if possible, but going under the guise right. that they're not. Um. So I think you know, it's like anything of that nature. You know, like we say, we we've seen. You know, the genie in I Dream of Genie. We've seen the genie in Aladdin. You know, they even make mention right. of both of those things. It's not Barbara yes, Eden or Robin Williams. Um, yes. Right. You know, this is definitely something more malevolent. So you don't quite know exactly yeah. what is going to work and what's not going to work, you know. So it's, it's, not just, hoping. it's not Shaquille O'Neal. It's not Shaquille O'Neal either. It's Shazam. And it's, <laughs> and, and it's not fucking, uh, what's his face? Sinbad. Yeah. Oh, because he did it. No. <laughs> that whole hope that he was in a genie movie. He was never in a just fucking genie movie. Hey, listen, <laughs> man, that is uh, that is what? One of those uh, Mandela I'm saying that. Yeah, where do you think that he was? He was. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, the, unca- <laughs> the uncanny valley, bro, is when computer effects don't look real. That's right. Okay, so what am I yeah. thinking of, though? When you think the Mandela The, movie, the Mandela effect. In which oh, people okay, feel like there was a timeline in which Nelson Mandela was killed, and a timeline in right. which you know the one that I know of, which is the one in which he became president of South Africa, or like how there's a little line between Kit Kat and Kit Kat bars. Dude, like, fuck yeah, there is. is no, there isn't. There is a little line in the Kit Kat bars. No, regardless of that, man, I mean, the, the, here's the one major thing, bro. Growing up, man, they were the fucking Berenstein Bears. Berenstein, oh my God, B-E-R-E-S-T-E-I-N. They are yeah. fucking Berenstein Bears, man. <laughs> fucking That's mine, dude. There's That's way too many up. people that remember it the same way as I do for it not to have been like that. Yeah. I always said it was the Berenstein Bears, yeah, until I saw that video, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I wrong. used to read these. I used to read those books religiously as a kid, mm-hmm. man, so, you know, I, I would you think did. of myself as having a decent memory of what that fucking series was called, but I don't know, man. Again, if somebody's fucking with the timeline, it's not like we really what know the, anyway. What the fuck are you two talking about? You like, never okay, heard you of the whole Berenstein versus Berenstein Bears? No, don't, I, don't I've say anything. The, I, I, I read the Berenstein Bears book. Berenstein. Spell the name of the. No, no. Spell the name of the uh, the Bears. The Berenstein book. Spell it. Berenstein. Spell the name. Spell, spell Berenstein. B e r e e n s t i n. Okay, now go See, look up wrong. the Berenstein Bears. <laughs> you're you're making me do a fucking Google search on the Berenstein Bears. Because Google yeah, Google away while we chat, man. Because believe me, this is gonna blow your fucking mind. It's gonna make your little monkey dick hard. Oh my god, yeah. The first time I saw that, I was fucking mind blown. I was like, my whole life is a lie. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> uh, it hurt me so bad when I saw that. Okay, so exactly, I had it in my head. Okay, so it's. B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N. Yeah. The Berenstain I'll... Bears. Okay. Not Steen. Nope, Berenstain. Oh. There's oh. a lot of people that actually remember it's spelled the way you're spelling it. And what yes, they say Berenstain is, is that if somebody's fucking with the timeline, that we're just not realizing it because, you know, obviously right. time has changed all around us anyway. 
instantaneously. So kind of like how they say in Back to the Future when Jennifer is sitting there on the on the bench in front of the house. You know, and like they said, right. don't worry, Marty, because, you know, time is just going to change right around her. She'll just wake up and not know anything was any different. Um, you know, that's kind of how I guess the, the laws of physics would work within that if that's how it happened. Um, I would think that us as a constant timeline would continue to stay, whereas the splinter timeline would be its own thing. But again, whatever, man. Right. I don't know, dude. All I know is it's spelled Baron Stain now, and I don't remember that as a kid. Uh, okay. Skipping back quickly so back in the movie, the movie. Yeah. We have uh, Alex You know realizing what she has to do With the gin Being invited to a party by her sister Shannon at Raymond Beaumont's house And she has to oh. go against time And defeat this gin <laughs> once and for all And we get our introduction To the Candyman himself Tony Todd as Johnny Valentine <laughs> I fucking love him in this camera You ain't never met no like, one you know like what? me <laughs> yeah. He's got the mustache. He's like, oh yeah, they'll tell you about me. I'll cut out your fucking eye. <laughs> you, know? you know, but again, Just, you remember that again. name when they ask you who poked your eye out? <laughs> yeah, bro. You, know? you, you gotta give him credit for making it fucking memorable, man. That's what yeah, that's what he did but, right there. Fucking Johnny Valentine is fucking great, but it led me once again to saying about how the the gin has to have a hypnotic quality about him. Because the entire time, Johnny Valentine's is like, I'll cut your fucking eye out. Leave. Go away. Like, you know, you're not invited to this party. You're not invited, so go away. Instead, the gin's like, oh, man, aren't you so fucking tired with your life? Aren't you just wanting for something more? Don't you want an escape? Don't you just want to get out of here? And I'm like, yeah, no, you know what? I want you to get out of here, so leave. But instead... Johnny's like, yeah, I kind of do want to escape. And all of a sudden, he's in a fucking Houdini fucking water tank. <laughs> Houdini only took 2.5 minutes to get out. And then he had poor fucking Johnny Valentine squashed up against his tank trying to get out. And he knows he's going to die. I was like, no, Johnny, you're so good. You could have told him to leave. But then I felt ripped off by this now twice because we have opening credits of Kane Hodder and Tony Todd. You know, yeah. in the opening credits, it says these. And then we find out these opening credits of who, with you know, some kick-ass cameos. They're just the tour guys. The cameos. They're great cameos, though, man. Come on. I'll take these cameos. Uh, listen, I don't need a fucking right. movie spearheaded by Tony Todd. I don't need a movie spearheaded by Kane Hodder. That's for shit short. No. Um, it's fun to you know, Like. Like, yeah, it's great to see them. They, they do fantastic in those little bits that they do, and that's, that's that, man. See you later, guys. <laughs> and I agree with you. Like, I'm in it for that. Like, I, like Robert England and Hatchet shows up and being a Hatchet. Mm-hmm. Kill. Like, awesome. Awesome fucking cameo. <laughs> you know, but it doesn't ruin the movie. I'm like, that's it? That's all we're going to get? No, I'm happy with that. Because he's in the movie. No, and, and in Robert England's defense, I think he's a better actor. Than the other two, um, yeah, not he saying he's great. I'm just saying he is a better actor than the other two. I As much as I'm going, going yeah, yeah, I love Robert. Well, the, well, despite what the King said about you know Robert England sounding like he's getting ready to come all over the screen, I thought he actually did a good job in his douchebag role here, like of the you know yeah. the the statue collector, and I thought he did a decent job. I enjoyed it. I thought, I, I, I thought I, he was just playing gay. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> There is a weird kind of connotation. 
But either way, yeah, I thought like his performance, a, especially near uh, that set, yeah. like in the during the end party. Sorry, monkey, go ahead, man. I'm being rude. No, no, no. We're all like you know, all you know. Um, no, I, I was just gonna say I enjoyed his performance in this movie way more than I enjoyed his performance in Zombie Strippers because he is. I just thought his performance was more solid in this movie. I'm sorry, well, you, you need to watch Zombie Strippers. strippers. I think he's well. Uh, 2018. Uh, the South will rise again, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I think you would really like 2001 Maniacs if you like Robert England not playing Freddy. Uh, that's one of my favorite Robert England movies. Um, but I just I like the fact that again he doesn't really make a wish so much as he says, "Yeah, that'd be a great idea if I could have a party that's memorable and everybody's going to remember it." And yeah, the gin saying, "All right, wish granted." <laughs> yeah. Granted. <laughs> yeah. And you have everybody you fucking freaking out and getting attacked. <laughs> you have the director of the film, Robert Kurtzman, getting his head cut off by a piano wire, which I thought was a great effect. When that happens. <laughs> you know. But once again, the finale of the film—you have everything going on, all these people getting killed. You have Shannon, Alex's sister, getting trapped in a painting that's set on fire. All her oh, wish is is that I wish that uh, Mickey Torelli wasn't drunk that day. <laughs> that's it. All of a sudden, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I didn't plan on that. Oh, my God. You know, getting sucked back into the jewel. I'm like, that's all she had to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of felt like that was weak too. I feel like they should have went with the uh, like. I mean, obviously, again, when the when the film closes, we see that he's still around. He's sitting on his little throne inside of the gem. I feel like oh, we yeah. should have seen like the next breakout starting to happen, you know? Because I mean, I guess the idea is that every wish has a loophole in it somewhere, and it depends on how you word it. But the fact that I don't know the fact that the specific guy isn't drinking on the job. I mean, she couldn't go with something like, I wish the gem was never found. You know, like there were yes. so many yep. other ways yep. that it could have been worded that it had to come to this specific spot for her to go that specific thing. And I mean, you know, the only thing that that does is it allows Ted Raimi to survive. Right. Yay! Ted <laughs> Raimi survives. Uh, Robert England survives. Kane Hodder survives. Tony Todd. All the people that we saw die, they live. But like you had said, Ghoul, why not make a wish of I never knew that you existed? I wish you never existed. Like, <laughs> do something like that. Where it has the same I don't kind think of she, can, she can't wish him out of existence. I think that goes the same as her, her trying to wish him dead. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to be very specific with how you're just basically retrapping yeah. him. I mean, listen, we don't yeah. know how the guy did it at the beginning of the movie because he says something in another language entirely, and that never comes up again. So that could be a magic spell. He could be saying the exact same thing that she did. <laughs> That's true. Or, um, but, or because yeah, he was an actual wizard. Of, oh, sorry. You have the very 90s kind of ending where everything is fine again. You have Alex... Uh, getting out of the friend zone with Josh, like all of a sudden oh, he's yeah. just like, yeah, I want to hit that. It's like, what? No, friend well, zone. The sh- I, I think what we don't get, and here's the thing that I really wish was kind of specified, does she actually remember? That he was in the friend zone? No, does she remember or recall anything that happened with the gin? If the gem is never found, if that guy is not drinking, she never has any okay. interaction with that character. So, so her, her memory you know, is erased. 
Exactly. Like, is yeah. it erased or does she actually remember it? Which kind you of never makes know. sense. Yeah. See, a men in see, black I, kind of memory erased. Right. <laughs> now, see, I, the, the way I took it, and the king refused, you know, disagrees with me here, is I took it as she, she, she remembers, but now she remembers what she lost. So she's going to jump on the opportunity to be able to, you know, get that guy out of the friend zone and, you know, stop playing it safe. What if it doesn't and... work out? What if exactly. it doesn't work yep. out on his end? What if he doesn't enjoy being in the relationship? What if he yeah, decided he was I... gay? Yes, but yeah, what I'm if just he wants saying, the old though, fucking is... dick in the mouth, you know? <laughs> right. But he didn't because he was hitting on her at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, but you know, at, the end, at the end, he was, like, shocked. He's like, what? Yeah, now all of a uh, sudden he was shocked. Yeah. So you're telling right. me they never yes. went and played tennis? Right. They never <laughs> had Mentos together in Azima? They never had that, like, conversation at that point about trying to get out of the friend zone and all that stuff. Like, again, like, they needed to be more clear on whether or not she remembered it. And, I mean, to that point, too, what are the serious side effects that happens to one's mind upon... Right. Having that kind of shit compressed into your brain because you've had an entire reality of existence go on for however short many couple of days, but now your brain has been fucking shrunk and brought back to where it was. I can fuck a person well, up. Well, that's why humans can't be time lords. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I apologize, monkey, that we never got to our lusty womus and the gin segment that we're gonna have. It's, it's okay. <laughs> We'll always Dr. have our Tuesday Lusty night. Loomis is going to have wishes for the gin <laughs> at a sleepover. <laughs> the, king, the, the king had thought of all these innocent wishes that Dr. Loomis would have for the, the gin that would not have True, any fatal Michael. consequences. I it's not alive. <laughs> no, but just yeah. stuff like, you know, like the, things that would... He, he would ask for were things like, okay, I want an ice cream cone or something that I'd really love to or have a nice pizza hat. right now. <laughs> you know, or things, that just, things that just totally piss off the gin because then he'd actually have to go get them, you know. <laughs> so that the gin would have to have a sleepover with Dr. Woman. Or Woman gets his nails painted and he's just laying on his stomach, kicking his feet up in the air. Gin, you know what I would like. Yes, I would very much like it if Michael wasn't evil. And we could also go see the Backstreet Boys in concert. First row! I want, first row! I want Sonny to get his ass away from the door. Jin, <laughs> get your ass that. away from the door. That's my door, Jin. Loomis, you know first I hate the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I don't know I what you think, but I, I kind of like that. I am an big fan. Justin JT is my shit. <laughs> I've watched him for 15 years, Jin. Justin Timberlake for 15 years. I used to watch him on the Mickey Mouse show back when he would hang out with Britney Spears. (laughs) Do you have any idea how old I am? I'm a Menudo fan. I'm not a (laughs) Backstreet fan. (laughs) Jim, you know what I would like? I would like it if Ricky Martin wasn't gay. (laughs) Make it so, Jim. Make it happen. He needs to get with women. I can't change physics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But, but yeah, we, we went we went on this fucking rant for like forty five minutes straight while watching wrestling last night. <laughs> just having lusty Loomis wearing a nightie and just getting his toenails painted. Talking to Jimmy Loomis, nice, fucking sexy, <laughs> right? Lusty Loomis, I would love to see that one day. Mm. That's giving me it's giving me a fucking boner. (laughs) (laughs) All right, five minutes, gentlemen. All right. Oh my god. You have five minutes to finish this episode on my movie. (laughs) Doc, uh, it is your pick next week. What do you have for us? Wishmaster (laughs) Two. Electric Electric Boogaloo. Evil Devil dies, shit. I want to say uh, to the ghoul that I'm not 100% positive, but I believe that the chiller show that we went to might have been the April show of 2002, but I'm not positive. Okay. All right, so it was a couple right. of years later. So what's your, and, your research? Yeah, that All was right, fucking so who, pain in the ass. All right, so who, who's pick is it next week? Doc, uh, my, it is my pick. My pick. It's my turn. It's, it's his pick. It's his my turn. turn down here. It's his time down oh. here. Down here is <laughs> his time. He's gonna up take it back. Up He's take... time. They want the best. They want the best of stuff for us up there. Up there, it's King their time. Judy. He's gonna take all the episodes back. <laughs> so, uh, sticking sticking with uh, you know. My my last several picks have been, uh, you know, current day movies. Uh, not necessarily Shutter. taking place Shutter. in current Shutter. day. Shutter. 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 Uh, before I get back to some of the fucking silly stuff, I think my next pick is going, and I don't believe we did this, and if we did, let me know and I'll pick something else. Uh, but I would like to check out Summer of 84. Okay. Yep, I have that. Oh, one. shit. Sweet. So, yeah. All right. I like it. I watched it, That's so right. I'm excited to talk about it. I know we've kind of bantered back and forth about bringing it on the show, so great one, Doc. Mm. Summer of 84. That is cool, man. Frank. Fresh new movie on an old movie. Okay. <laughs> the year that I was born, 84. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for joining us, Doc. We'll see you next week for your pick. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Monkey. Good night. Go ahead and sign yourself off. Okay. I'm <laughs> your Titanic Simeon saying thanks for listening to our episode and letting me come in your ear. All right. Good night, everybody. Cool. Go ahead and give us a plug. Hey, everybody. Uh, you missed all the hey. holidays, but Easter is right around the corner. So why don't you go to Bonfire Bee Designs on Etsy and find yourself something nice, man. Get it for you. Get it for a loved one. Do you like chicks with dicks? Because we do. And you know what? <laughs> She's got yeah. something that you can give to somebody. That might have a pecker, even though she's also got titties. Um, Again, it's all one word, Etsy, 
Bonfire Bead Designs. And catch us at the NJ Horror Con coming up at the end of this month. Uh, I'll be there. The little girl will be there with Bonfire Bead Designs as well as the Demonic Doctor himself. And from what I've heard, the Demonic Doctor is offering rim jobs to the first five people that come up and say, Hi, Doc. Get some. Ladies only. Oh, yep. <laughs> just, just had to throw with that it, in there just, just to be on the With every side. rim job is a free pro necklace. There you go. Indeed. <laughs> Close us out. Doctor's pearls. <laughs> okay. Close us out. Sign us off. Oh, me. You're telling me to close us out. I thought you were saying gloves are out. No. Stay scared. I said it's the doc. You know, the gloves are out. He's gone. So stay scared, people. Come on. That's what you do. Stay, stay scared, motherfuckers. Stay scared. God, I said it already. Fuck, man. You're pressuring me here. <laughs> and Fucking... as we close out, rest in peace, John Carl Beekler. Monster maker, monster kid. We miss you. We love you. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time, guys. Keep America strong. Watch our movies. Fucking quote, Shane.